Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are ready to emerge from their icy chrysalis. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. There was a good two-second pause there where I thought you died. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say chrysalises or something, and I was like waiting... No, it's like, oh, I guess we're done. <laughs> isn't that like, isn't it the same plural as singular? I don't know. Chrysalai? I don't know. I was going to say, un- unless it's like, yeah, alumnus and alumni. Plural chrysalides. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Who, yeah, because I would have known that. <sighs> Language, you're dumb. Yep. You know what wouldn't be dumb, though? Fucking, this is the greatest name of all. The Emperor Gum Moth. Ooh, that's a good name. Sorry, I'll get off the Wikipedia for pupa. (laughs) (laughs) Well then. (sighs) Okay, well, what? (laughs) This is a podcast. (laughs) This is a podcast, yeah. Mm -hmm, What What are we talking about, Megan? What are we talking about? Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that show that has a bad title that I keep forgetting? Ugh. What? Sure. What? What show? The The Pine Dahlia one. I am the night. I am the night. I kept thinking into the night. I was trying to Google it to get information, and I was like, "Where the fuck is this goddamn show?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm stupid." Um, so you were saying that you haven't watched episode five? No, I'm not quite, I'm only on, I've finished up to four. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I caught up yesterday, I hadn't watched any of it, and then I did one through five, just in a, you know, just in a fucking sit down exercise situation, and by exercise I mean I did nothing but watch this television show. Um... And I'm curious what your thoughts, impressions, etc. are. Well, I think one of the things I really like is the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really well done. Um, and it's sort of, it, it's almost become, not like another character, but kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the show and sort of highlights the things that, that matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very clearly not an afterthought. Yeah, for sure. And I think that when it's... When cinematography is done really well, I think it... I think you're right. Like, it adds you... It almost adds you into the show and into the setting almost seamlessly. Because I think that's, that's what really pops from this series is... The time and the place that it takes place in. Yes. It feels real. You can almost like feel the heat and smell the gardens and smell the dusty museums and all the weird shit that goes on. You can, it's like very immersive in that way. Mm-hmm. What else do you like? Well, I like, I like how the, the storylines of the two, of like Jay and of, um, Fauna. Fauna, like, how they're very separate at first. Uh-huh. And then they sort of slowly converge. Yeah. Like, you know that's where it's getting to. 
but you don't like in the first episode they're not together like there's nothing together at all and there's that like little cheat in the first episode right where um she sees like that person following her around or whatever and you assume it's him yeah you assume it and then it's definitely not yeah and I, I kind of like that, how, like, they're sort of building it up and building it up, and then those storylines, they start to they start to converge and, like, and make it, um, sort of make you figure out why. Yeah, and at, before I got to episode four, because the first three episodes, I've read some criticism about the show, about that, and they said some people disagreed and didn't like that because they said it was too slow. Like, you've got these two main characters... And the story hinges on both of their journeys, so why don't you make them meet earlier? And they were saying like, right. it, it episode three was pretty lethargic. And I actually thought so too. That's when I texted you and I was like, What like I don't understand how these two relate whatsoever. Like you couldn't see the threads where they're supposed to converge in their individual stories. Like you knew they are because of course you know that the show eventually has to, but I was getting a little bit frustrated with that, but mm-hmm. oh my god, episode five fucking pops off. I was just like, okay, all of the threads are actually being smashed together now in a very good way. Um, what do you think about Pine? I think he's great. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> right? Like, I think, I mean, he is a... He's a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. And he really embodies... Um, he, he really embodies the role that he's in. Like, all of them. Mm-hmm. Right? And I really, really like that. I think it, what I really appreciate is when I believe that actors are doing a good job at acting drunk. Because there's nothing worse than someone play acting drunk because it just always seems fake and like he's you know in some substances a lot in this show and each time i'm just like you know what that actually seems legit like there's enough of a a contrast with his sober character Mm -hmm. or characteristics where you're like okay now he's he's lost his inhibitions like he's out of control or if he's doing drugs he's like he's actually manic right now yeah and i like how you get to see that contrast of of sober jay and super not sober jay yes and and even like in the first episode you get that sort of starting um where he's very <laughs> very very uh intoxicated and he's just a piece of shit in the first episode too oh so much like so nasty and gross and i was getting a little bit frustrated too by how they're trying to be subtle and i pre i now that i think about it i really appreciate how they did this because they didn't throw exposition at you with the introduction of each character and be like Here's Jay Singletary. He's an absolute piece of shit because when he was 20, he tried to take on a powerful dude and lost because he was too ambitious and yada, yada, yada. And because of that, his life is fucking falling apart. Oh, by the way, he fought in Korea too. And he has PTSD and all these things. Like, they didn't just throw that in your face. Like, the I think the show 
gives you the time to figure things out and put those things together without being patronizing to you. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that as well. Yeah, so, like, the, what I find really interesting about it, too, is, like, it doesn't give you a lot. Like, I remember, like, at the end of, the, the end of that episode, like, when she first goes to California. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, discovers, like, she meets her grandfather without knowing that she's met her grandfather. Yeah. Um, which, like, you have, you, like, when, as soon as you see me, like, you know right away. Well, you heard his voice, too. As an audience too. member. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, that's definitely who this is. Yeah, and he's a fucking um, creep, by the way. How are you oh, not, like, we're, I'll bring this up later, continue. <laughs> continue with your thought. <laughs> but I, I just, and then I like when you first encounter him in his home. Mm-hmm. And just, like, sort of that, like, it's, it's a, like the theater of the absurd, almost. Yes. It's so very, like, eyes wide shut kind of yes absolutely bizarro cultish lifestyle that he lives that you think like doesn't actually exist in the real world but might have but like probably did (laughs) probably did yeah did you also (laughs) as you're watching i know you haven't seen episode five yet but i know this is like happening what in the 60s i think i think so Yeah. yeah and i'm just like blown away as to just the freedom of movement this 16 year old girl has to just get on a bus to fucking California mm-hmm. to see her grandfather she has no idea what he looks like she has no plans other than he invited me so I'm gonna go and he told me to call me when I get to Los Angeles like mm-hmm. what? And knowing what we know about her grandfather in real life, there's a good possibility she could have ended up like a, in a fucking skin suit. <laughs> or as a skin suit. So. In one? Here, darling, I've made you a nice you know? jumper. <laughs> oh, like every time stuff like that would happen, I was just like, really? Like all this shit was happening and yet society was so, so trusting. Like just going out there she's just going across town in la she's never been there before on a bus by herself it'll take two hours okay bye and then doesn't show up for two days oh because she's with this i don't know 40 year old reporter i know (laughs) i know i know oh my god what a world it is quite an insane world no wonder a whole bunch of women got fucking murdered. <laughs> oh, God. I truly wonder, like, what sociological impact that amount of, like, freedom in society created those terrible, terrible and terrifying situations for women. Yeah, no kidding, hey? Like, just the, oh, okay call me on Tuesday and then you just don't hear from your relatives for five days. Like... Yeah. Oh, God. Those poor girls. But I appreciate how creepy everything is in the show. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate how... I think the actress who plays Fauna is doing a really good job. I think so, too. She's incredible. 
And did you notice those subtle changes as to like how she changes her hair and her dress and all that after um, what's her name tells her that she's actually not black at all? Yes. And she just tries to, like she even just abandons even trying to pass. Yeah, because she doesn't have to anymore. Yeah, I thought that was super interesting. Those like subtle dynamics that again aren't the forefront of the show, but are there if you're you know if you have your eyes open to see them mm-hmm. so is it just six episodes yeah when is the last one airing uh tomorrow tomorrow oh, okay i think so well cool i'm really excited to see how the conclusion of this goes because yeah like we know the historical conclusion that he fucking gets away with everything so yeah. I don't know. Rich white men doing it again. Yeah, I don't know what's going to go on with the actual, like, how they're going to wrap that up as a show. Even though I know it's about Fauna and not actually George Hodel, but mm-hmm. still, interesting, interesting. It is very interesting. And it just made me so fucking excited and so anxious for Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. Like, why the fuck do we have to wait till 2020? Because um, good things are worth the wait, I think. Uh, well, I think it's because of fucking... Isn't there like a Flash movie coming out this year or some shit? Yeah, maybe. <sighs> Make How do you really feel? movies about women, please. Well, they're trying. Try harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. There's that. So, we just talked a little bit about Chris Pine. Yes. Do you want to do the thing? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, so, uh, Tyler, I think it was Tyler. No, it was, uh, RDC. Oh, that's right. It was RDC. That is correct. Um, stumbled across a thing on the internet. A bracket. A 64-person bracket. Uh, called the christening. That's how many? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Could have done with half of (laughs) them. It's exactly as big as, um, the March Madness. (laughs) (laughs) The seatings are fucking bonkers. They are absolutely bananas. I, so I have like a fundamental problem with some of them. Oh, for sure. How about Christoph Waltz being one and uh, Chris Pine being two? <laughs> like, what? How about, yeah, fair, sure. That That's problematic, I guess, in, in certain ways. How about Chris, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans being in the same bracket? Yeah, that's, that, no. That's nonsense. Chris Evans should be that's, in the Christian Bale bracket. Absolutely, he could he could have been the number two or the number like whatever they could have been yeah, in the same bracket as number one and two, and then eventually they would meet. But to have Chris <laughs> Wood as number two in the bill bracket, who the fuck is Chris Wood? I you know what I looked every single one of the ones that I didn't know up, and I was and now they're all mostly just like indiscriminate white men. So I'm just like, Murray. Right. I'm just gonna Google him real quick. Who are you? Oh my god, he's a fucking CW bullshit person. Yeah, yeah. No, just, oh, how dare you. And did you see the superlative in the middle for the champion? I sure did. 
It's the wrong your. Uh huh. Your you are you are winner. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I am winner, but like, <laughs> Megan, you you are winner in my heart. Aw, thanks. <laughs> so just like real quick, here's what this bracket like. It's dumb and ridiculous. We'll put a picture of it up. Um, I already did on our Insta. I did see that, and it's pretty great. Um, I saw that Aaron was quite excited about mm-hmm. it. Um, so yes, on the the first, the first, the, or the first sixteen, you have Chris Pratt as number one, which is like problematic in and of itself. Yep. Um, because of the people on that particular bracket, it's weak. I'm. <laughs> that's the weakest one. Yeah, for sure. it is for sure. The the number the number one on that bracket should actually probably have been Christopher Plummer. Uh-huh. That's who just Yeah, I absolutely agree. And like oh yeah. yeah, it's 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 a disaster. It's bad. So it goes Chris Pratt uh is number one. Christopher McDonald is number two. Topher Grace, fuck that guy forever. <laughs> Crispin Glover is number four. Christopher Plummer is number five. Uh, where's number six? I can't read that because I crossed it Christopher out. Christopher Goreham. I don't even know who that I'm is. I'm Googling. Um, I'm Googling. Number seven is Christopher Eccleston, who was... Uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, so whatever. At least he's like someone that you know, I guess. Uh, eight was Christian Cook. Nine was Christian Kane. Didn't know who either one of those people were. No. Um, ten is Chris Colfer from Glee. Mm-hmm. 11, Chris Lowell. I can't remember. I've looked him up. Can't remember who he is. I think he might be a comedian. I don't know. Uh, 12 was Chris Catan against Christopher Plummer. And I was like, well, no. Nope. Oh, Chris Lowell um, is Piz on Veronica Mars. I love him. He's very good on the Glow show. Uh, there's a guy named Chris Zilka. I think that's a real person. I don't know. Chris Martin was number 14. Uh, where's 15? Chris Red, And then Chris Hayes was number 16. And Chris Hayes is like a journalist. Uh, and I will tell you flat out, Chris Hayes made it to my final four. <gasps> no. Out of that bracket, yeah. Okay, well, let's just let's just do the winners of each of the brackets then. So yours is Chris Hayes? Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. Well, let's actually, let's do our, like, let's do the eight. Like, so instead of just the four, let's oh, do the shit, eight. Oh, shit, I didn't write down the eight, Oh, you though. didn't write them down? Okay, that's fine. Well, I that's could. Fine. Yeah. I could. Oh, that's easy. Because I so, just chose my, like, two winners and just followed them along and made my decisions there. Okay, so you're eight. So, from that top one, I have Chris Hayes and Chris Lowell were my two. Mine were Christopher Plummer and Chris Martin. Okay. Uh, bracket number two had, like, Christoph Waltz, Chris Harrison, Chris Parnell, Chris Cooper, Chris O'Donnell, Christian Borle, who's a real person, I don't know, Christopher Walken, Christopher Knight, Christopher Lambert, Christian Navarro, Christian Slater... Uh, Chris, I think that's Eigman. I crossed it out, so I can't read it. Chris Tucker, Chris Delia, Chris Pine, and Chris Kirkpatrick. <laughs> also, I believe it's <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, I had to think really hard about who Chris Kirkpatrick was. Not that it mattered, because Chris Pine was obviously going to win, yeah. but I was just like, uh... And I was like, oh, right, NSYNC. The one no one remembers. Gotcha. <laughs> the um, one with the bad hair. Like, oh, what so was bad. happening with that hair? It made no sense. So I went through and like I got rid of you know whatever and so my my two were Chris O'Donnell mm-hmm. and Chris Pine obviously and Chris Pine won. Okay, my so on that side it's it's Hayes against Pine. Okay, 
Okay, so yours was a Dunnell. I'm just trying to keep track. Mine was Walkin and Pine. Okay. And I, obviously, Pine is the winner. Let's be real. Okay. So right now, I have Plumber and Pine. And you have Lowell okay, and, and have... Pine, right? No, Haze and oh, Pine. Oh, Haze and Pine. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, on the other side here, we have Christian Bale, Chris Jericho, Chris Messina, Chris Noth, Christopher Lloyd, Chris Hardwick. Fuck that guy forever. Uh... Chris for something or another. I can't read it because I crossed it out. Uh, um, yeah. Hiv, Hiv, you Sure. I don't know who that is. Uh, Chris Lilly, Christopher Mintz-Plass, um, Christopher Atkins, Chris Klein, Christian McKay, Chris O'Dowd, uh, Chris Diamantopoulos, Chris Wood, and Christopher Titus. Okay, so... And my, my final two, mm-hmm. Christian Bale, Chris O'Dowd. Me too! Yes! Oh my god, samesies. I'm gonna put And Bale, Bale one. Yeah, me too. Alright. Okay. Last one. And this last one is uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Kratt, Christopher Guest, Chris Rock, Chris Elliott, Christopher Egan, Christopher Maloney, uh, Chris Isaac, Chris Christofferson, Chris Gear, Christopher Abbott, Chris Brown, Christopher Palaha, Chris Marquette, Chris Evans, and Chris Gethard. Okay, so who are you And two? my final two were Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans. Oh, okay. Mine was Maloney. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Evans made it through. Yeah, well, this was, like, I hemmed and hawed on that for a very long time, and I decided that I like the iterations of Chris Evans better than I like the iterations of Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> okay, okay. So, like, if it was, like, bearded Chris, if it, they had beards, I, I don't know what I would have done. Um, but I like barefaced Chris Evans better than barefaced Chris Hemsworth. So that was my... Oh, like, that's that was what you mean it. by iterations. Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Like, I don't like, I don't like that Chris Evans is an unapologetic Patriots fan. No. And, like, but I'm willing to overlook it because he's beautiful, so, you know. And <laughs> my winner there was Chris Evans. Excellent. Excellent. And so then I had Bale and Evans yep. against Hayes and Pine. And I have Bale and Evans against Plummer and Pine. All right. And my, who are your, who are your final two? Oh, they're Pine and Evans. Yeah, okay, me too. <laughs> Like I feel like this. We didn't we even need to happen. do this. This was stupid. <laughs> okay, so who's your winner? Uh Chris Pine. Of course, of course, of course. Um, that should be no surprise to literally anyone who's ever listened to four seconds of our show. No, this was the easiest thing I ever did. I maybe took two minutes to do it. Um, and I was like, ah, this is too easy. So I made another one. <laughs> okay. And it's the Michaels. The Michaels. The Michaels instead of the Chris's. So I made a 28 okay. team um, bracket matchup here. And I. Okay. Can you access Dropbox? Uh, probably. Okay. I'm going to put it in the Dropbox that we share. Okay. And then I'm hoping that we can talk about it. Because I. I have, like, winners in my head, Okay. but I didn't put them on here. Oh, okay. So what was funny to me when I was doing this other one is, like, I found Chris Pine, and I just, like, wrote his name all the way through, up right <laughs> until the champion. <laughs> I was just like, let's see how the rest of this plays out. That's exactly what I did, too. I was just like, the other four like, don't fucking matter. 
none of this mattered. Absolutely not. No, none of it mattered. Okay, did you get the thing in the Dropbox? Uh, yeah, look, just yet. I always have to, like, switch back to Audacity to make sure it's still recording and not doing the thing that it used to do. I know, I check it all the time, uh, too. My files. Oh, there we go. So it should say Michael Brackett incomplete. It should be there. Michael Brackett incomplete. Please tell me that it loaded with the names in it. Yes. Fuck yeah, I had to redo it twice because it kept saving, but just saving the blank version. I almost lost my mind. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. So obviously I'm going to tweet this later and maybe put it on our Instagram. Um, Okay. But similar to the christening one, there's four sides. I've had a really tough time coming up with a lot of Michaels. (laughs) So it, it's 28 matchups, which means that the first four get a bye the first week. <laughs> and they're just in. I like it. They're just in. Um, so you do, do you want to talk it through? You go ahead because you, you're just seeing this for the first time. So I want to hear you, like, think it through. Okay. Um, okay. Ooh, I like all of this. And I also have for the ones that I have tabs open. So if you're like, who is this? I can just tell you. Oh, look at that. Um, okay, so on uh, one side we have uh, Michael Nyquist, Michael Chiklis, Michael Douglas, Michael Imperioli, Michael Sheen, and Michael Pitt. And Michael Pitt, that was the guy that played like Henry on Dawson's Creek, right? Um, I know he was in Boardwalk Empire. Yes, he was yeah, Henry Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Michael Fassbender has the bye into the second round. Of course he does. In that one. Okay. Okay. Oh, Okay. So just like thinking aloud here, I'm going to fill it out for you um, for what your choices are. And then we'll kind of, we'll just compare final two and then I'll tell you who my winner is at the end. But you talk me through your choices and I'll write them down. Okay. Um, I am going to say that I will take uh, Michael Pitt over Michael Sheen. Okay. Um, who's Michael Imperioli again? He is, like, the classic Italian dude. He was in The Sopranos. He was in Law and Order. Um, I feel like I can see his face. I gotta just double check. Yeah. He just looks like the classic Italian guy in gangster films. Yeah, okay, that's, okay, yeah. That's and what you like, picturing? I was pretty sure that's who it was, <laughs> but uh, I'll take Michael Imperioli over Michael Douglas. Yeah, I didn't like Michael Douglas either. And I'll take Michael Nyquist over Michael Chiklis. I didn't know that Nyquist died last year. Yeah. So sad. Okay, so do you want to, let's just do the rest let's of this Let's just do the whole okay. bracket. Yeah, okay, so then I'm going to go Fassbender. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go Michael Pitt. Mm-hmm. So we have, yeah, so Fassbender and Pitt, and then Fassbender. Okay. Got it. That's the tricky thing with the four that get the bye, because it's like they're heavily favored <laughs> to get to Oh, the yeah, so we're going to we're gonna scoot across to uh, the one on the top right there. Okay. 
And we're just going to put Michael B. Jordan... All the way through? All the way through. <laughs> like, right to the final two. <laughs> okay. There's... There's no... There is no question in my mind. Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we can... Uh, <laughs> now we can carry on. Um, oh, nice touch putting Michael Jordan as number 23. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. Well done. Um, okay. Michael Gambon, Michael Emerson... Michael J. Fox, Michael Jordan, Michael Caine, Michael O'Malley. I'll take Michael Caine. Okay. And Michael Jordan. Um, and then I will take ooh, Michael Gambon. Oh, I didn't expect you. He's tainted by Harry Potter. That's okay. Okay. And then between Jordan and Caine, who would you choose? Michael Caine. Okay. Got it. And then Michael Jordan. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, of of course. course. Yeah. Okay, number three. Uh, Michael Shannon. Mm -hmm. That bracket. Okay. Um, Who? What's nice about them all being like Michael and not Chris and or Christian Mm -hmm. is it's a lot easier to look them up. Uh, Because I just have to delete the last name. Yeah, Uh, so Michael Ely is probably the one you're looking up, I'm assuming. I, I couldn't remember who Michael Showalter is, oh. but now I remember who he is. Like, the, I was like, I know the name, and then I saw the face, and I was like, oh, that's the yeah. guy, right? I'm not great with these sometimes. Um, okay. All right. I will take... Uh, so there's Michael Showalter, Michael Ely, Michael Stuhlberg, Michael... Is that Michael Sarah? Yeah. Is that what that says? Okay, and then Keegan Michael Keaton. Nice job. Yep. And Michael... <laughs> that's good. Michael K. Williams. I will take... Uh, Michael Ely and uh, Keegan Michael Key and um, mm, I think we're going to take Michael Stuhlberg. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then we're going to have out of those bottom two, it'll be Keegan Michael Key. And ooh, that's tough. I know. <laughs> I really, I th- and I think Michael Shannon. Yeah, he's he's really Michael great. Shannon, he really is. And I think Michael Shannon's gonna go. He's gonna go all the way for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In that final four there. Yeah. Okay, so our uh, last oh. last little mini bracket okay. here. <laughs> I didn't see this at first. It's amazing. <laughs> There's Michael Clark Duncan. R.I.P. So. Yeah, R.I.P. Are we talk- so Michael Myers. Here's my question. Yeah. Is this like Mike Myers? Of course. Or is this like Halloween no. Michael Myers? <laughs> no, these are all actors. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Pena, Michael Vartan, Michael C. Hall, and Michael Rappaport. Well, oh, I don't really like Michael C. Hall, but fuck Michael Rappaport. <laughs> so we'll just do that. <laughs> Do you like how I can put Rappaport at 28? Like, there's a yeah. lot of shit Michaels here, but I'm like, Rappaport, you're the bottom belt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take Michael Pena. Mm-hmm. And I will take Michael Clark Duncan. And our buy into the second round, and that was Michael Keaton. Yes, so Keaton against and Clark Duncan for you would be what? I'm going to take Michael Keaton solely on the strength of his uh, role in The Other Guys. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Beetlejuice. 
Oh, no, when he, like, quotes TLC lyrics, like, it's just so fucking good. <laughs> my God. It's one of my absolute favorite things. <laughs> it's, have you seen it? Yeah, years ago. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's so good. Um, and then between Michael C. Hall and Michael Pena, I'll take Michael Pena because, yeah, again. What's your deal with C. Hall? I'm just not a huge fan. Oh. Okay, so and then, Keaton or Pena? Um, let's... Well, it doesn't really matter, I don't think. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Michael, Michael Pena, sure. So, <laughs> like... let me guess who's gonna win <laughs> the fucking West over here of the Michaels. So, your final two... Are yeah. Fastbender and B. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Okay. So, out of that, who's your winner? Oh, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Do you think a little bit of that is like recency bias? I don't think so. No, no because when he showed up on Friday Night Lights... In, like, 2010, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I like this guy. Okay, I'm just going to say this as Megan's Michaels. Okay. I, I can't say that I'm surprised, but I didn't think that the... That's the tricky thing is, like, the, the top seeds, they've just got an easy path mm-hmm. to the finish, man. They do. Do you agree with my seedings? I think they're pretty... I mean, yeah, I think... <laughs> I think that, like, Michael Rappaport, <laughs> based on his, like, shitty... Repu- like, his shitty Boston reputation, should probably have been about 36. But, yeah, <laughs> that would have been even funnier if you'd have just given him, like, 52 and go. <laughs> it was hard to come up with male actor Michaels, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Some of them, I was just like, who are you... And then, of course, you're just like, oh, right, of course. I've seen you in a thousand things. Yeah. But your name just sucks. And then, of course, I've got two dead ones on here. Like, that. Yep. that's pretty <laughs> rough, too. <laughs> but was it worth it? I think so. Okay, excellent. I think anything when you get to think about stuff like that is totally worth it. <laughs> um... What about you? Who are your final two? Uh, my final two... Where did I write mine? Uh, well, my final four was Fassbender, Jordan, Shannon, and C. Hall. And okay. my final two were Fassbender and Shannon. Okay. And then my winner just really struggled over it, but I decided that the winner of the Michaels is, of course, Chris Pine. <laughs> I love it. I oh, did all good. of that just so I could do that fucking joke, Megan. Just for that setup. Do you know what would have been even better? Oh no. What? If Adam if Driver? Been like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the end of this podcast. I don't know if he's better than like these final four that you have though. 
Maybe not, but it would have been really funny. <laughs> you would have burnt <laughs> down your house. Oh, yeah. Like, if that had happened, I'd be like, well, that's been 30 minutes. We're done for the day. <laughs> we might never come back. God damn it. <laughs> Kelsey just told the best joke in the history of this podcast, and we are finished. <sighs> Goodbye, everybody. Love you forever. <laughs> See you never. <laughs> so I'll make sure I post both of those. Okay, sounds good. Um, Did you watch any of the Oscars last week? Not a single moment. Did you care about the Oscars at all? I usually do. I just... I found, like, especially the last two years with just how... Like, ever since Oscar's so white, I've just, like, I never really realized that or had that kind of the privilege of the Oscars showcased in my face so much. Like, I I didn't notice it and I felt really bad. So I started to care less about the Oscars because it seems like at times it's so apolitical and things you no aren't actually good end up winning and you're just like well who the fuck is doing this like what Mm -hmm. what idiots is are putting this through and also that uh i agree that the lack of diversity in the show is a huge problem and doesn't actually reflect you know achievement in because a lot of voices aren't being heard so i that's a roundabout way of saying is i started to care a lot less about them and taking less stock in them But I was so happy to see some of the winners this year. Like, I was really happy for um, (sighs) Olivia Coleman. I adore her. Her acceptance speech was amazing. It was so good. Because she was just like, she she was very unexpected. Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't expect it. No one else really expected it. Um, And then all of a sudden, here she is winning. Mm -hmm. And, like, she was just, like, overwhelmed. Oh, absolutely. And it reminded me very much of, like, Roberto Benigni back in whenever that was when he, like, (laughs) climbed over the chairs. Like, it was so much like that. And I just, I thought that was really, really It felt more genuine than Roberto Benigni's, though. Like, his seemed very much like a, like, he was almost miming. Like, it was just so, it was so grandiose that... It was silly, Maybe. but I didn't think that hers was, like, silly. No. I know. Hers wasn't silly at all, but I just, I really enjoyed the, like, the actual legitimate yeah. sort of enthusiasm. And I think one of the things that's really neat about that, and I think if we've mentioned this before, is that, like, we don't think about it because we see the, like, glitzy sort of whatever of all of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of it all, they are... They're just people. People that, well, but they're people who are being recognized by their peers yeah and i think that like i mean we've both worked in 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 a situation where that's important yeah of course where you want people who the people that you work with to notice the work that you're doing right and so i think that like i think by when you win something like that um you end up sort of thinking to yourself like yeah like i've done work that that people value Mm -hmm. somehow and I worked hard and it's for a lot of these people I think very well earned because it's the the hard work showed like a lot of these things are really really remarkable pieces of art 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know, do you want to talk about them and if you felt like validated by them or if you agreed with them or not? Or what do you want to do? Well, I, I just, the, the thing that I found really interesting, like you said, like, you know, the idea of like, since like the Oscar's so white and sort of noticing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a, they've made attempts to like get away from some of that, but then you see like fucking Green Book, yeah, with all of the controversy around it and whatever. And my favorite, my favorite reaction to that was on Twitter when someone was talking about how it was like, um, driving Miss Daisy Part Two. Yes, for sure. Like this time, this time the white guy drove. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was like, yeah, it kind of is. And well, we we've known before that that Hollywood loves the like self masturbatory we fixed race we fixed racism and we've fixed classism you know like those yeah. no more sexism because we said so yeah like those types of films that are pulling the heartstrings but actually it may not be the best art that year like i just saw yeah. a star is born on friday because chris had yeah. been wanting to go for so so long and so bad like I have no idea why I wanted to see this movie so fucking bad because as soon as we sat down I was like you know that a this is a sad movie and b it's a musical and he was like what (laughs) (laughs) I was like yes like that's what this movie is he was like oh um and then we watched it and of course I uh messaged Mark Mijot in all caps afterwards and I was just like I cannot fucking believe that Green Book won best picture compared to that cuz it was it was literally a work of art like I couldn't I couldn't fucking believe how good it was Yeah see I don't believe you but if you liked it that's cool I don't believe I I can't believe it that it was that good I didn't want to see it I didn't really care to see it I really like Lady Gaga I don't like Bradley Cooper whatsoever and like I knew that it was a remake so I was just like whatever and I I just can't explain it like it's so well directed that every moment that those two are on the screen it is so fucking enchanting and anytime Lady Gaga opens her mouth you are just like you're sucked into her. Like, she has so much talent. Yeah. It is fucking incredible. The last See, 20 minutes, I my... just fucking sobbed. It was so, so powerful. Here's my... Here's the other thing. So, I watched the Oscars mostly. I was doing some work or whatever, but they were on. And they performed their... Whatever, their song. Yeah. Whatever song it was. Which isn't a great song, let's be honest here. Um... And I was like, oh my god, Bradley Cooper, you are not a good enough singer to sing with her. No, he's not. Of course he isn't. At, of course, I mean, no one really is. But at the same time, I was just like, oh, I don't know if this is the thing I'd be showcasing at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like, and then I remember, and people were, were like, were like, wanting them to just like start making out on stage. And I was watching it and I was like, I don't get that at all. Like, I was just, I was just watching this performance on stage and I was like, like, it's fine. Yeah. And I and she's incredible. Yes, yeah, she is. And he's not. I know. And that's what I thought too, because I saw everyone was like, "Oh, what a great performance!" So what I watched afterwards was, of course, Olivia Coleman, Spike Lee. Like I saw all the good speeches, and I watched their mm-hmm. performance, and I was just like, "I don't fucking get it," because out mm-hmm. of context from the film, it's devoid of meaning. And I think that 
is unusual for best picture songs like do you remember the one from selma that john legend and um common performed oh that was so good so good and it was so powerful and it was so you know just like spike lee all text no subtext this one is the opposite because you need the film for the emotional context of what that's all about and I didn't get it until I saw the film, to be honest. I totally agreed with you before. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, I, I mean I've mean, i seen the one with Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, it's an okay story. And that's probably part of why I was just sort of like, eh. Because I didn't love it. Can we just, like, pause for a second? My dog's freaking out downstairs, and I don't know if Chris is here or not. <laughs> yes, we can. Do I just press pause? Yeah, hold on. Okay. (laughs) And we're back. Are we going to cut that or is it just going as is? Oh, we'll see what happens. Okay. It's probably going to go as is because I don't think I have the energy to go and cut things. Um... So I have my question about A Star Is Born because I know in the one in the one of the Barbara Streisand, like he dies in a I think he dies in a car accident. Um, I, I I wouldn't know. I haven't seen that one. It's either yeah, I'm pretty sure it's car accident. Anyway, so I'm assuming that like. Bradley Cooper's character dies in this one anyway, right? Yeah, he. Yeah. I think that's part of the story is they have to die so that the star can be born, right? It's the whole, it's the yeah. whole point. They yeah. have to be unfettered by the right. person who discovered them. And by the thing that's holding them back. Yeah. Which is, yeah, anyway, whatever. So I'll... do you want me to tell you how he dies? Um, can I guess? Sure. Because it's, it's like set, like, it's like a contemporary setting of it, right? Correct. So he is either going to... Uh, he's either going to die of a drug overdose, an accidental drug overdose, mm-hmm. or he's going to kill himself. You're correct. He kills himself. Well, there you go. Sorry, I have to lean away from the microphone because my dog's chewing on something now and I don't know what it is. What are you chewing on, you wiener? Oh God! Well, okay. I guess you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Not my problem right now. Um. Yeah. So I will. I will watch it at some point in time when it's like on TV or Netflix or whatever. Yeah. I. I like you had no interest in seeing it because. For the reasons that I said, I'm not a huge fan of Bradley Cooper. And by huge fan, I mean not a fan whatsoever. Like we said yesterday, his best role is Rocket Raccoon because you can't see his face. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by him in this film. So, I don't know. You know, sometimes people just, they surprise you. They I wonder if now, this is the second time he's been nominated for... Best actor, I think. He wasn't nominated this time. Oh, he wasn't? No. Oh, no, I guess he wasn't. That's Only right. Gaga was. That's right. Because um, he was nominated for American Sniper, was he not? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, which um, was not a good movie. Um, wasn't it, like, very jingoistic, I imagine? Oh, it was awful. It was like masturbatory in a different sense. Yeah, it was awful. Um, yeah, he was nominated for the BAFTA this year. That's right. 
Yeah, because I think the BAFTAs and the Grammys were on the same day. Yeah. And Gaga went to the ba- the Grammys, of course, and he went to the BAFTAs. Yeah. Um. But I wonder if now he's like he's obviously I think he's very good behind the camera. Yeah, like I thought his direction was very impressive. And so I wonder if he's going to make a move to more of that. Rather than being in front. Yeah. I can see that. I'm just, you know, I'm just, not that, like, I doesn't, I don't care one way or the other, but I'm just curious, because, like, you know, you feel like, someone like George Clooney, right? Like, they kind of run their courses, and he's done lots of really great stuff behind the camera. Yeah, and I think in, in their cases, too, and with Clooney, I think he got bored. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bradley Cooper was nominated for Best Actor. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That surprises me. Yeah, he was. It was him and, uh, what's his face who ended up winning? Rami. Yeah, I was like, what is the dude's name? Freddie Mercury. I was like, nope, that's the guy he played. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow, oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. yeah he I was... can't believe Vigo was in Best Actor, but Mahershala was... But whatever, if that's the strategic thing you have to make so that Mahershala keeps getting every fucking single award that he deserves, do it. Um, yes. I love him. I know you do. Unabashedly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I found like, um, yeah, I, I just, well, I'll watch it eventually and whatever, but like, I'm not overly, I don't care enough to like, go out and watch it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when I was watching the performance and seeing people's reaction to, like, them singing on stage, I was just like, eh, okay. I was like, we have a, ta- a phenomenal talent, and then someone who can mostly sing doing yeah. a performance. And I was just like, well, I guess that's what it is. And it's the same in the movie. Like, his singing voice isn't great. It's pretty blah. Mm-hmm. Um, his songwriting skill is the the perk of it, and he has a certain je ne sais quoi. Um, mm-hmm. on stage, but other than that, he's just like a whiskey bottle with legs. <laughs> I love it. Is he gonna be Is that the title? Those... The whiskey bottle with legs? I think so. I think it might be. Oh, that's so funny. Um I'm just looking here at the things that ended up winning. Um, at least this year, it wasn't a case of like, here's this movie that won all these great technical awards, but isn't the best picture. Because I'm still kind of annoyed by that. But somebody on Twitter l- last week was like, "Oh, uh, Mad Max won for the fourth year in a row." <laughs> I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, so that was good. very funny." Um, but no, and it, what I think is really cool, I think my favorite awards to watch are like the short films and the documentaries and. I think those are my favorite awards because, like, you know, people are, this is, like, their their one chance. Like, if you're a documentary filmmaker, this is probably, and you're nominated for an Oscar, that's probably the only time it's ever going to happen. Yeah, of course. And right? it's, like, they've probably worked for nothing, worked their heart and soul out to make this project that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they've been working on for 10 years. Yeah. Like, have you seen Free Solo? I have not. It is fucking stunning. 
Mm-hmm. I've it's, seen some like gifs and, and mini clips from it, but I'm also like a little bit afraid of heights, so mm-hmm. it freaks me out, and I get like a little bit of vertigo with that. So I was just like, I don't know if that's my jam. So like, don't go watch it in the IMAX at the Science Center then, um, <laughs> <laughs> because it will kill you. Yeah, um, but it's very worth watching. Okay, cool. It's it's really really good. Well, I'm um, glad it got some recognition then. I think so too. Yeah. Well, I've, and I think like just the way, the way that it was, the way that it was filmed, I think was the coolest part too. Because they Cause, use like, you, drones, right? Yes. So cool. Yeah. Because like, how else do you film that? Yeah. Like GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Just your forehead in the fucking rock in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Like so. Yeah. Like it's, it's super super cool. I thought it was really really neat. But yeah, if you are at all afraid of heights, uh, don't watch it. It's not your thing. Because it'll, uh, it will give you the vertigo. And nobody wants the vertigo. Um, anything else you would like to talk about? Um, happy for, ouch, my dog is biting me. Um, Mahershala, happy for Regina King. Um, you know, a happy Black Panther was recognized. Mm-hmm. How I'm happy for Alfonso. Like, there's not a lot to really disagree with here. I think like it's a safe awards, and it always has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I happy think... Spider Man to Spider Verse one. Oh yeah, it absolutely should have. It was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I think, like, the, the safe awards thing, I think when you get to, like, like the SAG awards is, like, less safe. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, it's obviously also just acting. Like, it's not, you know, um, and it's just members of that particular guild, but it's less, they're less concerned with, like, what people outside of it think. Yeah, I'm just going to look at the, the winners for this year to see if we can compare here. Um... Because I know Emily Blunt won one of them. I think so, yes. Oh, great. I'm going to be redirected after this fucking ad for Variety Marketing Summit. That's really relevant to me. <laughs> God. How do you really feel? <sighs> um, okay, what okay. do we have here? Well, it doesn't tell me the winners. What fucking I got it. Is I this? got it. It's good. I got it. It's ah! good. I got it. And my dog is biting me. <laughs> just, it's, you just gotta go to Wikipedia, man. I know. I'm just listening. I'm uh, just listening to you. So Rami Malek <laughs> won for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Glenn Close won um, for, best for the actress? wife. Yeah, okay. for best actress. Um, there was uh, Mahershala won for the supporting role. Uh, Emily Blunt won for a quiet place. For right? a quiet place, yeah. Yeah, she was really... That movie was fucking great. Um, I still haven't watched it, but now that I can, because it's on Netflix, it's good. Oh, um, yeah. But then there's, like, the ensemble ones. Like, they have, like, a stunt ensemble, and they have television yeah. awards and stuff. And so the, the cast in a motion picture was the cast of Black Panther. Yeah. Um, of and that course. Was, yes, it was so good. And that's when Chadwick made that great speech about 
Um, Being young, black, and talented. Or yes. Something like that. It was yeah. so good. It was so, so, so good. And it's great, too, because, like, you look at this list, and it and and Martin Freeman is on the list, and Andy Serkis, and they're the only two white people there, um, yeah. which is great. And I think um, Andy was at the ceremony, and it's such a funny picture of all of them. Yes. And then Andy in the back, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it also what was cool, too, is that Crazy Rich Asians was one of those. Yes. And so, like, there was, like, a big shift in... In composition, yeah, which is kind of cool, and then Black well, Panther. and Black Klansman was the other one too. Yes, yeah, and then uh, Black Panther also won for stunt ensembles. Oh, cool! Which is a cool thing, I think. To and then for TV, um, they do like the miniseries and drama and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have the ensembles in in. Uh, drama and comedy and then a stunt ensemble in a tv series and so it's but it's just acting which i kind of like and so they're a little bit less concerned with like you know being necessarily popular Mm -hmm. which i kind of like yeah and that one like truly is an award of your peers oh absolutely because the um academy is like there's thousands and thousands of people in it yeah, but I think there's certain directors awards. and writers and... But I think that there are certain awards at the Academy Awards that, like, only only if you are part of the Academy in a particular, like, a particular category or whatever, you can vote for them. So, like, you can't... Like, if you're not part of, like, the... I don't know how I don't know how it works, but if you're a member of the Academy as, like, a cinematographer, you don't necessarily get a say... Really? You don't get to, yeah, you don't get to vote for everything. Oh. So it is still, it's not quite as, as specific as, like, the screen, as, like, the SAG Awards or whatever, but it's still very, like, it's, speci- it's more specific than, like, oh. you're a member of the Academy, so you can vote. Okay, so it says, I just Googled it here, it says, branches vote within themselves. Actors vote for actors, directors vote directors. Voter asked to list their top choices in order of preference. And okay. the system also makes sure voting for the same person or film twice does not improve its odds. So all branches have the opportunity to vote for best picture. Yes. Uh, that is so ridiculous to vote by preference. So it's almost like an average then rather well, than like Well, it a... becomes like a... Right, they, what they would do is they would take like the, the film that gets the most number ones coming mm-hmm. out of like the first count is at the top and then they just like you know there's probably a point system or whatever to figure out how would yeah be my it's guess. it's bizarre but um, i'm not an accountant so no so it doesn't matter no. um but yeah it I was didn't... it was interesting to watch and it was interesting to see the reactions and and i think that like you know maybe someday hollywood will stop congratulating itself for like fixing the isms that they, that they claim to fix. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, even though they don't fix them at all. Because, like, the two ladies from the Black Panther, the costume design and the set design, or production design, whatever, can't yeah. be issues, production design, um, they were, like, the first two African-American women to win, like, non-acting awards. I know. That's in, It's 2019, like, that's insane. Yeah, they've been around for, like, I don't know. 85 years or some shit? Mm-hmm. 91st. 91st Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's a white, wide world out there. It really is. 
Um, anything else? No. That you want to talk about non-Oscars related? Would love for my dog to stop biting me, Apollo. God. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> Do you have anything? Um, <laughs> well, well, we're was, at an hour. We are at an hour. I was going to talk very briefly about um, teacher's convention. Okay. Because it's a thing that you have experienced in the past. Yes. Every day is teacher's convention <laughs> for me now. <laughs> well, no, because did you go to the bar at 11 o'clock on Thursday morning? Because oh, I did. I wish I would have. <laughs> so the purpose of uh, teacher's convention, it's like contractually, like it's mandated. We have to go. Um, and unless you like have legitimate alternative PD, but then you have to like get it approved. So if there's, like, a, a conference of some kind that runs the same weekend and it's, like, some kind of PD thing, you can actually, like, apply to go and, and if, you know, and get it approved. And that mm-hmm. functions in place. But you absolutely have to go to teacher's convention. So, like, we were reminded last week that we couldn't be in the building between, like, 9 and 3.30. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just a big conference and you go to all these different sessions and there's the trade show and whatever. Um, and as usual, the sessions are all kind of not good. Um, yeah. Because they never really are. Well, no, when they have to, that's the tricky part, is they have to, and I have a, I have a little bit of sympathy for the organizers here, because you have everyone. It's Greater Edmonton, and that means elementary all the way to high school and all specialized programs in between. Mm-hmm. So you have to attempt some specialized sessions but you also have to go super broad at the same time so that yes you can provide some things that people will actually be interested in and in doing so you kind of really get no one (laughs) well it's true and so so like there's I can't remember how many individual sessions there were, but there are a lot. Because one of my kids actually was asking me about it last week, and so I pulled up the Oh, there's hundreds, for like, sure. There's, there's so many. Because on Thursday, there's slots for four sessions, and on Friday, there's three. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, at the Shaw Conference Center in downtown Edmonton, and there's... Uh, and Summit usually and... Usually at the Westin, but this year, because they had a bunch of flooding, they had to move those to different places. Um, okay. So, like, the Citadel, the Art Gallery. Mm-hmm. I think there was something at City Hall, even... Um, and like, and it, and it brings people downtown and it's good for downtown businesses because they get all these people who normally would never be downtown in the middle of the day. Yeah. Downtown. Like uh, thousands of them. Yeah. There's, there's thousands. Something like 9,000 teachers or something. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so I, I'm going to apologize straight up to people who work downtown normally for what happened on Thursday and Friday, just in general, but sorry, you didn't have a parking spot and you know, that you had to wait longer for lunch. Um, because there was an extra 9,000 people downtown. Um, but the thing that I found really interesting is I've been at a bunch of different schools at, with different expectations. Uh, and a friend of mine currently is at a school where, like, they're going to have a meeting on Tuesday. She's a department head at her school. And they're going to have a meeting on Tuesday. And, like, the expectation is that they have been to se- that they went to sessions and have, like, something to bring back and talk about in this meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw my principal at 8 o'clock Thursday morning at the Hotel McDonald's for breakfast, where I met a couple friends. Um, and then I walked over, we walked over to the to the Shaw, and we went down into the trade show. Wandered around for a little bit. Uh, one of my friends left and found some people from her school. Um, and then we ran into some other dudes that we work with, and the plan was to meet at like 1045. 
outside Hall D and be at Sherlock Holmes like before 11 and we were um and and then I saw my principal later at like one o'clock so I'm assuming she didn't go to any sessions either um <laughs> because I saw her when we left the trade show at like 10 40 and then I saw her again at one o'clock um at the bar at a different bar uh and then I don't know how long she stayed yeah, but and your principal's fucking cool. She really is. She's super laid back. But I found it really interesting, like, listening to people. And, you know, like, I have a student teacher right now, and she had made this plan to go to, you know, all these different sessions. And I didn't want to be like, mm, don't do that, because it's a waste of time. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was in my head. I was like, mm, don't do that. Yeah, but I think that's the tricky thing about convention. Because, like, how I how I understand it is it's mandated because for ages we couldn't get any fucking PD. And we couldn't get paid time to, like, talk to colleagues and to learn and to actually grow Mm -hmm. as professionals. So I think the board and, you know, principals, too, want to reinforce, like, well, you know, as, like, a bad parent does. You know, mm-hmm. you fought so hard for this, so um, it's expected that you should take advantage of it. And it's also mm-hmm. just, like, middle fingers in the air, my dude. I'm without children for the first time in, I don't know, 30 weeks. Yeah. And I can just talk to my peers unabashedly and just be a normal human being and maybe get one nugget that I can take into my classroom, maybe, over the next two days. Mm-hmm. Like, just chill your fucking shit down. Well, and also, like... I think don't the other... make it homework. Yeah, and that's sort of the thing. So, like, so this friend of mine at her school on Tuesday morning when they have this meeting, like, she's going to be expected to, like, go back and be like, oh, I went to this session and this session and this session and this is these are some of the things that I learned. Whereas, like, my principal sent out her, like, weekly update about an hour and a half ago. Uh, and she basically said that she hoped that everyone's convention um, was a nice break from... Mm-hmm. the everyday and that you you know got to connect with with uh you know colleagues from other schools and 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 in brackets like and maybe you learned something along the way yeah which is just such a different approach because it was very nice like i yeah we we started drinking at 11 and i know that people who started drinking at 11 were still drinking at like 11 at night yeah exactly i did not because i had to come home and get a haircut um but it was just it's just such an interesting thing and then like my favorite game at convention um, is, is like spotting the elementary teachers and trying to figure out what grades they teach <laughs> because like they are legitimately like for them this is like a vacation yeah because they are away from their kids at school they don't have to worry about like you know indoor recess and it's been so goddamn cold that like every day is indoor recess day now so um, like no breaks no there's like no breaks real no breaks kids. they can go to the bathroom when they want mm-hmm they can take more than 20 minutes to eat lunch. Like, there's so many things about it, and it's really fun to just, like, kind of watch them wander around and be, like, almost lost with all this freedom. Um, but, yeah, like, it was, I don't know, it was just an interesting, it was an interesting experience, because I went and listened to Lyndon McIntyre, who used to host the Fifth Estate up until maybe three years ago. Um, and he, his mother was a teacher, and this was sort of the framework of, of where he was telling this story from, but he just kind of wound through this really interesting narrative about just sort of about, like, education as as a societal thing and not just, like, the formal education part of it. Yeah. Um, but his narrative was was absolutely phenomenal because he started off talking about going to this little village school 
and then when his him, he and his siblings were old enough, his mother went back to work, and she went back to teaching, and he, and was his teacher for a while, and all this kind of stuff. And then when he moved away, and he did all these things, and you know, you know, had moved to the to the city, and he's working at the CBC, and he's making documentaries, and hosting the Fifth Estate, and doing all these things. And then he comes to the end of this fascinating sort of story, and t- and then brings it back to his mother just a little bit, and it was just this like beautiful cyclical narrative. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I wish I could tell a story like that. Well, that's the thing. I'm sure you could if that's what your job was. For sure. To do that. Uh, and, like, you, uh, I don't even know what, like, those main hall presenters get paid. I'm I'm afraid to know because it's probably not worth the dollars. But It's probably... He, well, and he wasn't in the, one of the main ones. He was just one of, like, the bigger rooms downstairs. Oh, but, okay. Like, Rick, Rick Mercer was there on Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, and I, I heard it was great. I didn't go because, like, one of my friends was downtown at, like, 8 o'clock Friday morning and the lobby outside of the hall was already, like, half full of people waiting to get in. Of course. And it was, like, minus 25. I'm like, Rick Mercer's not that great, guys. <laughs> like, none of this is worth it. But anyway. Um, and then I went and saw the, so I saw Lennon McIntyre. But, like, I know that some of those... I, and their budget is huge. The, like... Get the cut budget. Get yeah. cut budget is huge. It has to be huge. Mm-hmm. Because they bring in all these people, and then they tra- charge like the exhibitors and the trade show a whole bunch of money in order to sell Offset their stuff. That. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, those those main stage speakers command a lot, and I've always found for me, and I don't know what you thought when you would go to a convention, but I always found that the best sessions for me were the ones where someone was just telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I very rarely found one where I was like, oh, I could actually learn something and use something from this. Um, yeah. I would always just go, like, I heard Roberta Bondar speak a few years ago, talking about oh, being an wow. astronaut, which was awesome. Haley Wickenheiser was there a few years ago, yeah. and she, it was, like, three days after she got back from Sochi, after they'd won the Olympic gold, and she was, like, jet-lagged as shit, and her luggage was, like, lost somewhere, and, like, she was, and she was really funny. Um, <laughs> and that was super fun, and then, yeah, like, Lyndon McIntyre was good. I went and saw Sarah Kay, she's, like, a spoken word poet. Um, last year, which was really good. Mm-hmm. But I've never found anything, like, very useful. But I also think, too, because of this job, I've never really done any other job for, as, like, full-time, mm-hmm. other than teaching. And I always wonder, like, what conferences and stuff are like in other industries. Yeah. That's... Well, my husband goes to them all the time. Any conference he can, he goes. And it's similar to that, but it's just, like, super, super specialized. Like, Mm -hmm. the sports medicine ones he goes to, there's, you know, it's, like, 8 to 5 each day, and every hour there's a different presenter. And he went to one recently that was all about um, surgical techniques for sports injuries, and he said it was, like, fucking amazing because there'd be, there's from people from all over the world there, and there's the people from Japan who like created arthroscopic surgery like oh, created cool. it and they're like this is what we do this is how we do it these are the types of you know outcomes we see in our patients and then these are some of the challenges and then it's just like you actually learn technical and useful utilitarian skills yes like it's 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 bizarre to me because <laughs> that's never happened in my life. No, and that's exactly it. Like I've always, and I have friends who are engineers, and I know people who are like CPAs, and they go and 
whatever. And I just, I don't know what that ever looks like. It's like, I don't really understand what real jobs are. Yeah. Um, is part of it. But like, I always wonder what those sort of, sort of professional development opportunities in other industries are like. Mm-hmm. Because ours is just, I mean, it's, it's there and it's a nice couple days off from the regular schedule. But I'm not sure that it's worth what it's worth. I think it is. I still think it is. Like, I, it's perfectly placed in the schedule because February is just awful, especially for high school because it's a new semester. Mm-hmm. And the speed at which you have to go because second semester always goes by so fucking fast and first semester just fucking lags every year. Mm-hmm. Every goddamn year. It's true. And you get your family day break, but then you don't really get a break after that for a long time. Like, isn't your guys' spring break late this year? No, it's the end of March. It's still the end of March? No, oh, it's okay. always the end of March. Because I thought that Easter was late. Yeah, Easter's on the 22nd this year. Yeah, Easter's like, yeah, after my birthday. Yeah. Just Which a is... Bit... Usually they're kind of back-to-back, but... Yeah, yeah. But then, like, those three those three weeks straight without anything in March can be really tough. Because, again, uh-huh. the speed at which semester two has to go. And there's so many weird things in semester two. Yeah. Well, and then, you, and then in high school, you, there's timeout. Like, kids have to go register for next year. And, yeah. And there's, so there's time out of class for that. And there's time out of class. Like, there's all this stuff going on. And then there's, like, IB exams, like, at our school. And there's just all these things. And, and then May long weekend comes around. And Easter comes around. And there's usually, like, a PD day in there somewhere. And then, you know, teacher's convention. And it's just, like... So we have teacher's convention. Then we have three weeks. And then we have spring break. And then we have two and a half weeks and it's a four day weekend for Easter. And then it's like a month and we get a four day weekend for May long. And then it's like four weeks left of class and we're done. Yeah. Like it's not much. Yeah. And I, I don't mind it. I don't mind where it is in the calendar. I don't mind that it's two days without kids. I don't mind that as a premise, like here's an opportunity that, you know, there may be something that I could learn. It might be there. Who knows? It could be this year. You know, this year could be the year where there's just a nugget in there for me. Mm-hmm. But also just those two days of brain break are so nice. They are really nice. It's very true. I don't use my brain much anyway, so. No, knows? but, and also you're still paid. Like. That's, <laughs> that is the best part. Megan. I haven't been paid for a long time now. <laughs> Don't complain. <laughs> I'm not complaining about that at all. Uh, we all made choices, though. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, I made good ha- choices. There you go. Um, so good that you don't have to take time off work to go visit your sister in Estevan. That's right. But you have to go to so Estevan. Good. I do. Um, if I want to see my sister, I have to go to Estevan. That's <laughs> very true. It could be worse. Well, it could not, be. Not excited about driving down the highway of death. It could be Fort McMurray. Well, I have driven to and from Whitehorse, and the highway of death to Estevan is actually worse than that, I would say. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, we had some questions. 
think. We did. I'm just going to open Twitter here. Okay, we're going to record tomorrow evening. Any questions you need answered? Avery wants to know. This is a question more for you. Okay. Uh, how much fun will the NBA playoffs be without LeBron this year? Yeah, he says he'll enjoy it. He um, enjoy it. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's necessarily the one that makes it fun. I think he's a reliable narrative. Um, I'm happy he'll get, you know, a few more weeks shooting Space Jam 2. Yes! Because I'm sure that's going to be rough. Um, but <sighs> I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited for new narratives. Because there's been a lot of shit that's gone down in the NBA since last year. Like a lot of shuffling of players uh-huh. and people and power dynamics. So I think it'll be good. And then I just know that I won't be an NBA widow. So that's cool. That's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't watch enough basketball to, like, make it matter. Also, um, just in case um, Avery is listening, fuck Liverpool, Avery. Thank you. Bye. Wow. Um... We got a really funny question. It made me laugh, like, real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, from, uh, from Kristen. Because my, my tweet was, we're going to record tomorrow evening. Any questions? And her reply was, hockey or non? And we both apparently replied at exactly the same time. Uh, and I was like, anything. And then, to be fair, Kay would prefer non-hockey. And you heard, you said, for the love of God, not hockey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her question was, why are women's dress shoes so much more uncomfortable than men's? I could go for comfort, but then I look like I'm a resident at a nursing home. Please discuss. Well, women's dress shoes suck so much because we have the it. patriarchy. Yeah, the patriarchy has decided that women's bodies look better. And this also is going to go into the jeans question, too. Yes. When our butts are elevated and our calves look long, but also flexed. So if you like heels, that's perfect. But if you don't, you are going to wear nursing home shoes because there's no middle ground. That's the fucking worst. So, yeah. And like, and so these, there's these, the, these weird standards that are sort of projected ultimately mm-hmm. um and i feel like i feel i mean i don't wear shoes normally um <laughs> i know what you mean but it just sounds really funny no like i wear i i mean in the, in the summertime i wear sandals exclusively and then like in the wintertime i'll wear like shoes to work and then i change into sandals when i get to work because i don't like wearing shoes because my feet get really hot um but I find that, like, looking at the kids that I teach and looking at their footwear, um, that, like, for the first time in a really long time, because I remember, like, being in junior high and high school, the girls that I went to school with wore very different um, shoes than what the boys were. Where mm-hmm. now, like, so many girls just wear, like, they just, they just like, put on a pair of kicks and they go. Yeah. And I've noticed that shift over the last number of years, and I really like that shift. Me too. And, like, pairing those kicks with anything. Yeah. Dress, kicks, skirt, kicks, shorts, kicks. Like, they, and, like, 
high tops, low tops, like classic non-skater sneaks. What's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> Never mind. Just anything. Um, yeah, and, and I so like the, that's something that I find really interesting, but there's still an expectation that when you dress up that you wear like a particular kind of shoe. And men, I think, have many more options that work for, like, nice shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, like, nice shoes that also have, like, differences in width. Because, like, not all women's feet are the same width. No, of course not. And, yeah. And so the second question, Sid's question, then, is why do pockets in women's jeans have zero utility? For the love of God, all I want is a pair of jeans that's long enough. And also has real pockets. It's literally all I want. I know, it's bullshit. And so if I can get a pair of jeans that have zero pockets, often they are too short. Because now, apparently, fucking ankle jeans are a thing, which, like, doesn't make any sense in this goddamn climate that we live in. I know. Oh, my God. It's so goddamn stupid. And even sweatpants are like that. I know. It's an absolutely insane. The but fuck? then... But then if you buy jeans or whatever that are long enough, it all of a sudden I can't put, like, more than, like, a lip balm in the pocket. Yeah, because it's, like, fucking pinky pockets. But have you ever, have you ever, like, tried to put a phone in, like, have you ever, like, watched a man put a phone in his pocket? He has to, like, dig down to his knee to get it out. Yeah. Because their pockets, like, fit everything. Well, and their clothes don't fucking suction to their bodies either. No, that's true. Like, if my husband had to wear my jeans he would not leave the house and my jeans fit significantly looser than some jeans that are out there mm-hmm. just like what you know what uh bring back jinko jeans i'm saying it yeah like, who even cares at this point? <laughs> those things had fucking pockets on top yeah. of pockets on top of pockets it's true so you know what we should all, just overalls and then you could put stuff in that front pocket and you'd be good to go yeah and it's just so accessible but yeah. the teens are also bringing back overalls they are it's true oh 90s fashion was so fucking bad and i'm glad we left it behind don't do that <laughs> kids don't do that it's true um amanda's question is did you see how to train your dragon three and she says we should the answer for me is no no and then she says, whether you have or not, do you agree with Curtis Gabriel that it could possibly be the best animated movie of all time? And I would also say no. I've heard, like, from a lot of sources that it's, like, actually fucking fantastic. Oh, I've heard it's very good, too. But there's a bunch of animated movies that it needs to surpass to be the best animated movie of all time. Yeah. But I do, like, Curtis Gabriel, what a guy. Like, I like him. I like him a lot too. His little, like his little tweet about hockey is for everyone, and like, yeah. he's just he's just a cute little guy. He's just saying all the things. Yeah, this is a tweet. Just a friendly remind: <laughs> hockey is for everyone. <laughs> Everything is for everyone, except maybe a giraffe wanting to be a rock climber. I don't know about that one. <laughs> he's so precious. Um, it is. It's good. Um, and our last question is from Tom, unless you have other questions. No. So our last Twitter question is from Tom, and his question was, did you guys watch the Iggy Jersey retirement? And I watched most of it, because I forgot that it was on at first. Um, and then I was like, 
And then I was like, oh, yeah, right, I should watch this. Because I like Jerome McGinley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that the, the Flames did a really good job with that retirement. I didn't see the ceremony. I thought of all that I saw, it's just that Iggy looks great. He does. He really, really does. He looks thin. He hasn't, like, you know, Grant feared out. No. He looks good. He looks no. fit. He looks trim. He looks happy. He looks healthy. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he does. And, like, retirement looks good on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I also get the sense that he could probably still play. Oh, You for know, sure. like... And, but it was just, it was cool to watch. And, like, it was really neat to see the the crowd. Like, so many people in their in their jerseys. And that's, like, a thing in Calgary, like, the Sea of Red. Yeah. But I felt like, I don't watch lots of Calgary broadcasts, but I felt like last night there was more red. It's usually, usually pretty is. red. It, like, it, I'd say it's 80% plus on an Yeah, I think, I think it was more than that last yeah. night. Um, and, like, lots of my buds were there at the game, which is super cool. Um... And they, they had lots of fun. And, and, and I just thought the ceremony was, was really well done. And I'm surprised somehow that Iggy didn't, like, burst into tears. Yeah, it looks like he kept it together. But he I don't did. think he was, like, a particularly emotional player either. No, no. So I'm not necessarily surprised. And, and so but... they, showed the, they showed the highlight of um, Crosby calling for the puck yeah. in 2010. And, like, I will never get tired of hearing him yell Iggy. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just unbelievable how loud it is. Because, like, the crowd is quiet. Yeah, I remember being fucking nervous. Yeah. Like, I remember sitting watching that and, uh, I, I, I'm sitting watching that at the bar and just, like, thinking I was going to throw up. Mm-hmm. Just, but, like, just hearing that. But then it got me thinking about, like, other Olympic things or whatever. And I thought at first that Iginla had scored the goal, but it was Paul Korea. Uh, in 2002, when Mario Lemieux, like, let the pass go through his legs. And, like, he pretended to, like, pick up the pass, but he just let the puck go through his legs right onto Korea's stick and in the net. Like, it was unbelievable. Um, and I was just like, man, man, I don't know if we knew how lucky we were that Mario Lemieux was so good. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it was good. I thought the whole retirement was good. They had, like, the, I think the right people speaking. Craig Conroy got up and said some stuff. And, um, Aginla made uh, a pretty solid speech. Um, and then, you know, his jersey goes up and his family was, like, super pumped and the crowd was super pumped and, um, it was good. And I hope that, uh, the next time I get to go to a jersey retirement of somebody who played in Edmonton, that it was good, too. Because the last one I was at was <laughs> Yari Curry, and that was great. Because mm-hmm. Yari Curry was my all-time favorite. I know, he's your fave. But, yeah, so I watched it, I don't know, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> that I missed the first part. And then I was like, oh yeah, I should watch this. And it was just fine. Yeah, it looked pretty nice. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for yeah. Calgary. And then there was also jokes about Kiprasov, because he thanked, uh, like, three guys for, you know, his time. They're, like, sort of, he's like, all my teammates, but, like, these three kind of, for some specific reasons. And Kiprasov was one of the ones that he thanked, who, of course, wasn't there, because Kiprasov just, like, fucked off in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. He's just, like, living life. And apparently, when he got inducted into the, into Finland's Hall of, Hockey Hall of Fame... His acceptance speech was 13 words long. <laughs> Which is just like Pete Kipper. Um, and so I think that if um, if the Flames ever decide to retire Kiprasov's number, that what they should do is just hang the banner from the rafters, like, over the summer. Yeah. And just not say a word. 
and just and then not people even can do come the back thing. in the fall and be like, oh, there's a banner up there, and some people won't even notice. Yeah, that it hadn't already been there, um, because that would be just a perfect way to sort of cap off that era in their in their history. Um, but that's all. Do we? You don't have any other questions? I don't think no one texted me anything today, so no, I don't have any. No, that's it. There we go. Um, well, you can. Thanks for listening. We super appreciate it all the time. I was like, no, that's not the right order yet. I have, like, sort of a script in my head for this part, but, like... Well, you're the one who always does it. I'd be yeah, like, well... Yeah, and it's well, mostly the same. See you later, motherfuckers. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, this is incorrect. Um, oh, the one thing I was going to tell you, I don't know if you read it. Did you read uh, Scotchy Cool's uh, Oscars, like report from the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Oh. Because she was I there. Did. So she and she writes a BuzzFeed, so she put she anyway, she had yes, this thing. Yes, 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 I did. Yeah. And you saw that she ran and like she saw John Mulaney in person. Yeah. And, and Brax is like can confirm he's super hot. I was just like, yes. <laughs> oh God, I fucking love John Mulaney. I'm watching his special on mute right now. Yeah. I watched all three of them back to back the other night and he's just he's just a genius. So, okay, I have to tell you, the, in the second one, in the Comeback Kid, so we're not quite done, only because we just brought this up. You know at the beginning, when he mentions that he's married? Yeah. And he's like, something's like, my wife, right? Yeah. And then he brings it back. And then he, like, it is so clever. Yeah. It's so, like, he's so, such a good writer. Because to so take that and then, like, just bring that back, because he says it exactly like Harrison Ford. And then just brings it all back to that moment again. Yeah, he's he's so good at threading storylines together. Yeah. But and like his story like his dad. Let me meet Chip <laughs> Mulaney. <laughs> the 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 story with the one black coffee is probably my favorite. Oh god. <laughs> is that um, the one where he ends it with like, because Bill Cosby never forgets a bitch. Or not Bill, Bill Cosby. Yes. Oh my god, what a Freudian slip, though. <laughs> oh no. Um, yes, no, it's Bill Clinton, yes. That's so fucking one. good. Because he also talks about his dad, like the Lion King, right? Where this kid keeps talking. <laughs> Are you going to talk the whole time? <laughs> um, which I felt like turning around and saying to the lady behind me at Matilda on Friday night, so there you go. Oh no. Um... But yeah, it's just, yeah, I was just, I was thinking about that because I watched that second one last week one night and I was just like, oh man, he's so funny. He is. He's the best. And then he was on SNL last night and his, his like opening monologue was great. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was just like a stand-up set. It was wonderful. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he's like, in case you've, in case you've never tuned in before, (laughs) my name is John Mulaney and I host every week. (laughs) (laughs) He would. Yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah, anyway, of that aside, that's all we have for this week. So thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, we will put a copy of the christening bracket on our webpage, probably. Yes. Or a link to it. We've retweeted it. It's on our Twitter. Yeah, we'll put links to everything. And um, I'll uh, make sure we put the Michaels one up, too. Yeah, and if you have, like, a, a wildly different bracket, we'd love to know about it. Yeah. I asked people what they would vote for, and it was essentially just, like, I don't even know where to start because these rankings are fucking brutal. 
<laughs> well, like, I think that's I when you got to do it, like, backwards design. And you're like, okay, this guy's going to win. And this guy, I want these two to meet in the final. How do I get there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that is exactly what I did. Just like the Oscars. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, so you can find us uh, on Twitter. You can find me at MIG14. You can find Kelsey at Garbage Fire Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram at Garbage Fire Podcast. Yeah. We have a website, garbagefirepodcast.com. Thank you, Tyler, for that. Thank you, Tyler, for that. I need to update that because it's my only job. We have an email address, also garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you could always send us an email because otherwise it's just like you you have a new sign-in from a different place. I'm like, yes, I'm well aware. Because <laughs> sometimes I like sign-in on like the incognito window at work. Yeah. Or it's uh, me trying to yeah. remember something. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, thanks for that. Um, and you can listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's that's it. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>